Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. two topics in the outline that don't seem related at first blush but i think i got the through line okay all right they don't have to be related sure svalbard and ann Barrick, i'm sure those are two just random choices just i mean no <laughs> uh, you must be uh pullman my leg <laughs> that was a good one that was it's a good terrible, one right we'll save i think you know we'll save most of the focused pullman talk for a, for a different conversation but this is interesting because do you think that some of our fantasy source code is now in microsoft's uh apocalypse proof github bunker on svalbard no dang it <laughs> i didn't think none Fantasy fair, tools is none represented. Well, it's if you read in the article, they're they're only going to do like two hundred platters of one hundred and twenty gigabytes each. And I was like, what? What even is that? It's nothing. What do you What are you even trying to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This other one, I'm a little curious uh, how how you stumbled across it. I mean, I a, you know a New England thing and Barrick Development Partners. You sent the Wikipedia page here. It was incorporated in 2004. It's clearly named after Phil no, Coleman's no, no. use it, of the it word. It has there. to be, but I'm just trying. I'm just looking for the guarantee that that's true. There's there's nothing on the founder here other than he's got a PhD, so that's a strong start. I just feel like the timeline suggests that the person could have just reread the trilogy. Could have just finished the trilogy. It's 2004. I guess so. Yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit of baseball here. I've been seeing some player movement news and some some ideas about where players might go. We're headed into the real hot stove season. You put down a list here. Who do you want to talk about? Well, these are just a, this first salvo that I saw. A little heavy on Red Sox. But JBJ. Storyline. JBJ coming back to the, the Red Sox. Until he gets traded, I guess. Yep. Or unless he gets traded. Or unless he's the... Um, the hitting outfielder, which you know could be, could be the case. <laughs> uh, Jesus Aguiar and Jonathan VR headed to the Marlins. I don't understand the Marlins. I never understand the Marlins play. To make up, you know, something a fair point here, but yeah, what, what what's going on here? <laughs> I don't know. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, 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 <laughs> these are better than. They're not even role players. They're better than role players, but they're not very good. Well, I right. mean, they're good, but they're not like they're good players. I would on I, there are great pieces to have on a pr- team that's a finished product as like your utility infielder for yeah. for VR, yeah. your utility um, at bat uh, for Jesus Aguiar. Yep. But I mean, I don't want to have them a whole season and vr of course every other year he's gonna be terrible this year 
Is this his terrible year? I didn't keep track yeah. of how he did last year. Yep. This is his terrible year? No, he did, okay. he did pretty well. Ah, bummer. All right, bad year coming up. You heard it here first. And then McCann, the other one, Profar and Sandy. All, uh, Poor Profar. Ah, Profar. I'll probably still own Profar in a league or two. <laughs> Next year, if I had to guess. Most likely. Well, it's going to... He did some work on my TGFBI team. TGFBI, he's a good player. It's true. All right. Today on the pod, more on Sloan 2020 in the first half. We will talk about some cool new figures. We're inching in on the final version of them. Second half, we'll talk about writing updates, figure out where we're going from here. So here we go. All right, Eric, I carried the figure construction of the corner plots to its logical extreme. All of the colors are present. All of the centroids are present. All of the stats are present. What do you think? <laughs> it's like good and uh, overwhelming. Isn't that sort of what we go for? We're going to go for some shock and awe here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, doesn't this doesn't this plot scream data science to you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's some buzzwords in, in and we're done. We got the yellow, the yellow and the purple. We got X's and dots. We've got far too many um, tick marks. Yeah, yeah tick, feels right. Tick marks are tick marks are going to be a real challenge on this. Okay, so again, the corner plot is plotting each one of our stats of interest, round robin versus themselves. So, yeah. reminder in this first plot. One thing is is not correctly named, but we're looking at earned runs, walks, hits, strikeouts, and home runs allowed. Home runs allowed for pitching. Uh-huh. And pitching actually is where I'm where I wanted to do a little bit more workshopping because it's pretty clear to me what we want to show on the batting side. We want to show the five categories that motivate us. On the hitting side, I don't know exactly what we want to show. Do we want to show 200 inning normalized numbers or do we want to do per nine inning ratios i think it is per nine i think so inning too. ratios have you show, have you shown it or have you mapped that have you drawn that out well it's just gonna look it's gonna this is per 200 so it's just gonna look like this it's gonna be the same thing but the but the axes are just gonna change Bingo. yeah right Bingo. so uh, i guess the only one where that really yeah, I think the earned runs is going to make a lot more sense, and the strikeouts is going to make a lot more sense. The problem is this is not this one is not a final product. The batting one is a final product, but this one, I was trying to figure out like what what do we actually want? What do you actually want to report for pitchers? Because we don't want to report. Well, ideally, we'd have full season numbers. But pitchers are so fickle that you have no clue how many innings they're really going to pitch. No, it's they're you can so laugh fickle. all you want. You can it's laugh true. all you want, it's but true. If, but like on the batting side, if you put in 600 plate appearances just across the board for batters, you're going to have a pretty good approximation yeah. of what an everyday starter gets. But you can't do the same thing for pitchers, mostly because of the starter reliever problem. Earned runs is a function of home runs. It, it's like it's kind of exponential. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. No, that's that was why that was my original motivation for clustering on home runs allowed. Is like, uh-huh. oh, here's a stat with a ton of dynamic range. 
and it's yeah it's not quite as it adds some color right it yep. adds some color all right so you want to talk about hitting this corner these corner plots are going to be good in there you want to talk about hitting let's talk about the hitting side here i i think this one is actually um in this one is actually very instructive as well and something that's good to going to be easier to write to plus i think it's really easy to know which categories you want you want average home runs rbis stolen bases runs boom we're done mm-hmm. you know those those are real those are real predictions that we can make and then you can immediately see that <laughs> stolen bases is actually not really the best choice of thing to cluster on but we need it in the future to project stolen base totals you need the center yep. of the cluster still to predict to predict those well that's why we have an extra that's why we we, we kind of have have to have an extra um stat we have two extras in hitting right when we have we're clustering on five stats in pitching mm-hmm. and seven in hitting right that's right and then two of them stolen bases are stolen bases really doesn't do a ton but then our um, at-bats for plate appearances, which is sort of silly, but it's uh, it does definitely help to color what a player is. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely, right, there's a really strong correlation between the two, but there's a, there's a gradient across, you know, as we talked about before, there's a gradient orthogonal to the relationship. <laughs> that you can use to differentiate the at-bats to plate appearance relationship that you can use to differentiate. It's really, I mean, yeah. You can, you can say it. Eigenvector. I, 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 was, I was really trying hard to avoid that. You know, in my notes, I put that we need to, that we need to uh, write to why we aren't using PCA to do this. Why we aren't using PCA. And, and I, why are we using PCA? <laughs> We're not using PCA because it doesn't. It's not very predictive. It's not, it's pre- really, and it's hard Bingo. to go back to the data points. Bingo. Not predictive. Hard to not intuitive to map back to the data points. So it's really sort of like one of the machine learning downfalls, right? Is that okay? Your model's really predictive, but we have no clue why it's predictive. <laughs> like, how does this thing know this is a picture of a banana? I don't know. Oh yeah, no. It, it split up the, the, the universe of data points into f- six really good categories. We're not really sure who's in what each category. We're not sure why. Yep. You can't put. I mean, we can't really, display it. Really, I, yeah, you can't display it. Really, I think the issue for us is like, and we we write this in the title. How do you get to realistic error predictions? So if you believe, we've talked about this, and I'll say it again. If you believe that there are archetypes for baseball players, then this is the way to predict where their variations are relative to the underlying archetypes. Right. And and what I say in the paper, what we say in the paper, um, the goal of this work was the creation of a DIY MLB player prediction framework that anyone could run themselves or tweak with their own assumptions. Creating such a framework meant leveraging widely used methods and tools that on their face follow KISS, keep it simple, stupid protocol, but when combined in the right sequencing, produce novel results. I mean, PCA is awesome. 
Yeah. But it's like you really, to just get your head around what an eigenvector is, just, I mean, it always takes me two or three hours to be like, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Okay, that's why that's important. Well, it's nice because we, we have we have a PCA, we, we each have PCA projects, right, from our from from work that we've done before. I think mine was classifying different pitches and all it did was take was take the universe of possible pitches and map it onto a 2D plane. That's all it did. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't intuitive. Like what does this plane mean? I don't know. No. <laughs> Why is this picture's plane like centered over here and this picture's plane centered over here? Like I don't know. And the the problem is that you often go back and are like, oh, that's in the upper right. Wow, they must be pitching to uh, right-handers high and inside. And it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not, not physical. It, data space does not correspond in any way to physical space. And we have a, um, a tendency to assume that. And that's what, I, that's what I like about the corner plots is that this immediately tells you where the prediction is coming from. Like, Here's the universe of possible data points. Here's where we assign the clusters. Here's where we assign the cluster centers. How different you are from that tells us something about A, your skill as a player, and B, what we expect or what is expected or unexpected about future performance. Train of thought going. Okay. Things that I want to say that why we didn't use. PCA, self-organizing maps, Mm -hmm. artificial neural nets. Mm -hmm. I really think artificial neural nets is going to be is going to be the big one. PCA and artificial neural nets are going to be the big ones. I guess self-organizing maps. I think self-organizing maps are a good uh, display of the same thing of PCA. Are you putting um, Gaussian mixture models under under those? Because I mean, I'm putting Gaussian mixture models. I should I put that in here with uh, why we didn't use it, and then in the conclusion say we hope to. Well, we don't. I mean, there's a couple of reasons. One, we haven't shown that these are remotely Gaussian at all. You'll assume we're... So this is actually a more flexible framework than a Gaussian mixture model because we don't have to specify the kernel that we're using in the space. And that's important when we come... That's important when we come to estimate the errors because we're using the distance from the center as our... as basically our prior... And if we did Gaussian mixture models, you would have to assume that your distance from the cluster, your distance from the Gaussian center was exactly predictive of how many sigma off you are. And we're not assuming that. Why we ended up sticking with k-means clustering was that it was a more intuitive tool to use, an easier one to look at, validate visually and understand and also let a computer do the hard work for without creating that many assumptions and that's why we have so much that i still have to write (laughs) about determining k because that is the biggest variable that we as humans decide k-means clustering is a great tool that is limited by your decision on making k Right. And but the thing but one of the nice things about playing up the aspect of this as a framework is that mm-hmm. if you looked at this data and you were like, 
12 is not the correct K. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> Great. Here's all of the information you need to run this with 50K. <laughs> like 4K. I, yeah, I don't, like, whatever, whatever you want to do. When we're recording, it's hard to always make sense. And you have to go out fast food afterwards. <laughs> what is this story? All right. All right. I don't know. It's just stuck on the fickle. It's it's such so right, though. Pictures. But pictures are. Like in every... It's fractals. Because in every kind of way, they are. They are. That way. I agree. All right. Tough question time. Where are we at? in the writing how's it going what can i do i'm looking at the right thing so i started going through this and of course i get i get tied up in the minutiae um, <laughs> yeah i like this isn't very agile because parts of it are extremely fleshed out <laughs> and parts are blank <laughs> yeah i know it's it will start at the beginning parts of the beginning are very fleshed out That's no, it's each it's more like a wave it's more like a wave coming in from uh on the tide yeah i um, know that that's true i yeah I agree right. with that. Good metaphor. Um, I'm kind of feeling good. So I was going back through and flushing out the data collection um, section with what I felt like was was needed there. So spitball a couple of different things. Make sure that I'm doing this right. I'm in. So I added in um, categories, the categories in here. So it's enumerated as early as possible. What do yeah. you think? Table? Sound fine? The table is really good a i love mixing font types <laughs> no I, I actually i i know i sounded glib there but i actually do like it here <laughs> uh, i yeah in, in in a table we can do that in um you know following the 42 analytics mit sloan paper template we can't so yeah no the the table the table is really good I think I think the table is exactly what you need because it shows you because it's something that we can reference again immediately. Like plus, it's diff it's going to be different from the corner plots because the corner plots are trying to show you something that you can in well <laughs> trying to show you something that you can interpret by eye, right? Whereas showing someone a cluster based on at bats is like okay, <laughs> sure. So what I've done here, I've I've enumerated. The categories that we're using, I've talked about how it's uh, making sure that it's clear that we're uh, one group of stats for hitters, one group of stats for pitchers. Um, explained why leverage commonly available data and avoid advanced metrics because they are already a synthesis. Uh, second, given the fantasy bent of the project, the framework gravitates towards the inclusion of stats that are commonly used as scoring categories in fantasy baseball. Yeah, I think one of the things that we should we can play up for the management aspect is that you could cluster, we could make predictions for a lot more stats. If you were looking for something specific as a as a manager, like you wanted to identify the best specialist in I don't know, something, you could easily do that. Okay. And one important question here. Mm normalization is something that we've talked about a bunch and it feels like we've talked about that and it's concluded but then i start reading this it's like oh yeah shit have we had to talk about why and how i had to convince you to normalize our data set it does that go here or does that need does that need to be in the cluster computation i feel like 
maybe what I'm doing, I have um, methods, data collection, maybe it's data discussion. I would say so, because it's definitely, it's definitely a cleaning step. It's not part of the cluster computation. It does. It needs to be before the, the cluster computation. Yeah. All right. I love this. Right. I love the word, the the phrase data discussion. You know, that's it's just not something that I run across very frequently. It's yeah, so, uh, social sciences. It is something that's that's used a little bit more. Um, okay, so I think that we co we covered a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. That's good. I will. I think it is vital to have in this cluster computation section. Little aside to say why we kept with k-means. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think I think that's the that's the lowest hanging fruit to knock in this project is isn't k-means to you know isn't that simplistic when we could be throwing this at an artificial neural net. And that's what we have to keep on. And I think that that's something that we need to keep on adding in. My next task is to create a walkthrough of the prediction for an individual player. Yes. And show you show the world how we create the how we create a prediction from this. So that's that's the next step for me. I think that about brings us to the review session. Mookie bets. Mookie bets. What what a guy. He is Man looks good in a hat does not look good out of a hat. Oh, I strongly agree. 27 years old. 27 years, one month, 26 days as of this this direct recording. 10-7. Should have wished him a happy birthday. All right. Red Sox, 2019. He logs 150 games, 706 plate appearances, <sighs> nice. 29 home runs, 135 runs, 80 RBIs, 16 stolen bases and a 295 average. All right, off year for him. I'll admit if you could keep these numbers, if you could keep these numbers, there might be a reason to question picking Mike Trout first. Uh, yeah, well 135 runs. I know. It's true. The 80 RBIs, 80 RBIs could give you a little pause. But but it's it's clear that he can get RBIs if he wants to when you look at his 2016, yeah. 2017. Well, I should say when you want to. If he's batting in the right spot in the order. Yeah, and has exactly. the right team around him. He'll he'll rack up RBIs. That's no problem. He's basically getting... He's basically over 200 combined runs plus RBIs. It's just a question of what is your breakdown going to be. I'm always into that. I, I really like looking at the aggregation of runs and rbis is that over 200 and then is the home runs plus stolen bases is that yeah over 50 and he's under 50 right now on the home run stolen bases i think he's gonna i think this is gonna be a really good year for him in a really good year for him hitting wise if he ends up on like the white Sox or something like that bingo that's man that's my worry and that you know, not to tie this all back to our predictions, but that's why you need a model that can predict independent, independently. You know, that's ready to scale up based mm -hmm. on how he's being used. All right. Anyway, <laughs> those those are really good numbers. And now that we're out of the season, I am indulging myself and watching all of the plate appearances against the Twins. 
for a specific time. Oh. 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 <laughs> I don't know if that's indulging myself or, I don't know, a little a little masochistic. Because Mookie Betts owned the Twins this year, I'll just say. He does well against the Twins, yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he did a good job. Uh, looks good in the batter's box. He did. That's one of the things that I wanted to say was he looks like the most dangerous hitter in a Red Sox uniform since Manny. Oh, and yeah. Manny, the thing about Manny was there was like when Mookie's up, it look he looks serious, he looks ready, <laughs> he looks dangerous. Whereas Manny, it was I don't know what's going to happen with this guy, you know. Um, but also very, very deadly. I mean, Ortiz, yeah, he always, always good, but not the same kind of um, assassin that Betts or Ramirez is. Yeah, I think, I think, I like. I also like Betts's uh, demeanor away from the plate, <laughs> away, and mm-hmm. you know, like he seems like he's he seems like he's invested in the field because, and you can't really say that about Manny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. No, I mean he's a. I would. Betts is a better fielder than um, Trout, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think if you if you wanted them on the on the basis of fielding, for sure. But yeah. to be fair, if you had Trout in a Red Sox uniform, he would look pretty good in that field too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. No, especially if you're putting him in in right field next to. Um, jbj in center yeah you look how good, good would he look <laughs> okay i've got it pet box hmm. he's the top 10 player next year i'll take the under you take the over we're good right over meaning that he might <laughs> i'll take the under that he's under let's say 9.5 so he's better on the player so rater at the end of the year on the player rater on the espn player rater uh i was at cbs whatever hitting CBS hitting or overall because i'll take the overall i take the overall in a heartbeat I'll, i mean not a heartbeat you'll take the but i would take the over on overall you, you raise a good point i had been thinking about hitting and i hadn't okay what about 11.5 for overall yeah no that's good for 11.5 on the overall that's good for me mookie ended up 15th in the yep. overall see Okay, so I will say that he will be under eleven point five. So he'll be a top eleven player. You got it, Michael. Who are we doing this week? I got a guy for you this week. Okay, Trey Mancini. Was he next? Uh, depends on your metric. No, <laughs> depends on your metric. <laughs> depends on your metric. I'm just saying it depends on your metric. All right, time for the housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah.